2023. And uh, if you think about 2022, um, 2021 was coming back in together inside the walls. And 2022 was all about beginning the ministries outside the walls. It's hard to put into words what God has done in 2022, but here are a few highlights. Uh, we preach through all of the Old Testament, uh, uh, each book of the Bible in Christ and all of Scripture. Yes, that was a big challenge for us. But we did it seeing Christ and all of Scripture in 2022. You don't have to clap because I got a lot of things on the list here. So... <clears throat> In January, we hosted our own one marriage conference with Dwayne and Deanna Hunt on the oneness of marriage. In 2022, we relaunched Language Learning Fellowship as we have hundreds of language learners coming through our doors every week. Yeah, you can give it up for that. That's a big deal for us. Um, community advance, which houses in our, in our church, a lot of our people, uh, help with that came back in a big way on Wednesday nights. We had 44, um, club students, uh, summer club students and 60 club students on Wednesday nights. Uh, we gave away, uh, the community advance gave away, uh, four $12,000 Humphrey scholarships at Northwest Classen and 12 salvations through the ministry of community advance this year. Praise the Lord for that. Open Gym has returned as an outreach for us as we host that every Tuesday. We relaunched Supper Club with our members in homes with one another sharing meals together. We started our own Good Friday experience, an interactive walkthrough of the Passion Week and had hundreds of people walk through our doors on Good Friday. We had 28 new members join our fellowship and 11 baptisms. We went on five mission trips in 2022, Santa Cruz, Utah, Guatemala, New York, North Africa. I may be missing a bunch here, so uh, forgive me if I am. We relaunched our Dig In Children's Discipleship Program in conjunction with our home community groups. And what a way that is. Children get a box and they go and do their own discipleship as the parents uh, do community group together around the Word of God. We had 13 Mission OKC opportunities throughout the city when we did Mission OKC in September. We relaunched Northwest Sports, which is alive and well in outreach of the, our community through sports. The Incredible Race Champs Camp VBS was an incredible time as we had over 150 children through our doors, 8 to 5 uh, over 60 plus volunteers working in that realm. We went to Falls Creek and Cross Timbers and had a great time doing that. Uh, we did our salute to troops in which we honored and served our military during Memorial Day weekend. We did M- NWBC Loves OKC and we did activities during the summer on Wednesday nights throughout the city where we brought hundreds of people with us in our summer raging softball in the park to pool at Will Rogers as we came together um, in our community and did things uh, not only to have fun doing them but also to share the gospel with those that we came in contact with. Our women did Growing in Grace 
embrace events in which uh, dozens of ladies get together, over 60, probably around that number, get together and they hear the word of God and hear testimonies from the word and then play a little bunco afterwards. They also do <clears throat> did a women's retreat in which we hosted here at the church and had, I don't know how many women, but a lot were there. Our men's did uh, men's camp out in which they had a shrimp broil and, and uh, a lot of fun. They did my five accountability groups and an epic men's hiking expedition up to Colorado. <clears throat> um, we sent out two pastors from our church this year. Um, Kyle Jernigan became the lead pastor, um, and and Scott Manning became a a college pastor. Thank you. Somebody's clapping over there. The college students are clapping. We sent him out to be the college pastor at Countryside in Stillwater. Um, <clears throat> we And we got a new pastoral resident. So someone from our church, a member, decided he wants to become a pastor, and that was Steve Klug, and he started in 2022. He preached last week for us. We did Lights Over Northwest. We adopted an Afghan family. We had tons of boxes we gave away for Operation Christmas Child. We provided lunches for our teachers in our schools at Taft, Northwest Class in Cleveland, and Belle Isle for our teacher appreciation. And at the end of 2021, we had a challenge in which we put ping pong balls in a, in a box. You can remember seeing that out there in which we counted conversations, gospel conversations, invitations to church and salvations. We had 174 invitations to church of people put their ping pong balls in there, 23 salvations and 161 gospel conversations. They think I'm losing my voice. That's okay. And it was an incredible, pretty good to see a result of the challenge given. And our church members gave $30,000 over our expected budget for 2022. And what, praise the Lord, what a year. <clears throat> praise the Lord for what he's done. I mean, really, uh, you looking back, watching the video even hearing our worship team sing this morning, what a gift. What a gift of the Lord to be a part of a congregation that truly seeks the Lord together. Um, <clears throat> and so we move to 2023. What is the Lord placed on your heart, Rob? What is the Lord placed upon our heart as a church? And where are we going? What is the vision for what God has for us? It's very interesting um, the last four years that I've been here at Northwest of where God has placed us. Um, if you recall back to 2019, the vision was to seek the face of God. Second Chronicles 7.14, a return to worship and prayer. In 2020, uh, interestingly enough, the pandemic year, it was to encourage Christ-centered community, the gathering together of the body together. <laughs> That was the vision that God gave to us of community groups and starting community groups and encouraging one another together. In 2021, it was bringing about joy through repentance. In Psalm 126, 5, in 2022, was live like you were dying, preparing for eternity from 2 Corinthians four seventeen and 18. For this light momentary affliction is preparing us 
for an eternal weight of glory beyond all comparison. As we look to not to the things that are seen, but to the things that are unseen. For the things that are seen are transient. But the things that are unseen are eternal. And as we have been praying about 2023 as your your leadership team here and as your pastors, we have been given the idea that we are gifted to give. Now we've been doing a series um, during the the Christmas season on the gift, and I um, and I just want you all to know who haven't been with us that we've been talking about Christ as the inexpressible gift that He gave His life for us, and this idea now in Psalm sixty eight and Ephesians four turns to because Christ is the conquering hero which brings about the captives in his train. He has presented these gifts in which he gives now to his church, to his people. And now we see the conquering hero who is Christ presenting the church with gifts, not only to receive the gifts, but then to give them again. Because that is the pattern of the gospel And so our lives are a response to this great gospel. And as a response, we give our lives to one another as the church, the people of God, to build up the body of Christ, the church. The idea that we could encourage people in their faith by using and expressing our gifts that God has given to us. It's really a novel idea, right? That we are gifted to give. In a world in which everyone is asking the question, what can I receive? What can I get? Our prayer is that our church at Northwest would begin the question, what is it that God wants me to give to you? Thus we turn to our text this morning in which Paul talks about this very thing in which he actually wants to come to Rome in order to impart upon them or give to them a spiritual gift in order that the church and the body of Christ is encouraged. Let's look at what Paul writes In Romans chapter 1, as we begin our series on spiritual gifts. Next week, we'll move to 1 Corinthians chapter 12. But this is our introduction to spiritual gifts and what we are to do with them. Romans chapter 1, verse 11. If you'll stand in honor of reading God's word, we're going to turn there as we read it together. Romans chapter 1, verse 11. I hear pages turning, so I'll wait for one more minute. For I long to see you, that I may impart to you some spiritual gift to strengthen you. That is, that we may be mutually encouraged by each other's faith, both yours and mine. 
I want you to know, brothers, that I have been often intended to come to you, but thus far have been prevented, in order that I may reap some harvest among you, as well as among the rest of the Gentiles. I am under obligation both to Greeks and to barbarians, both to the wise and to the foolish. So I am eager to preach the gospel to you also who are in Rome. Praise the Lord. That is our text this morning. You can be seated. <coughs> Father, as we begin to, um, to talk about and to hear what you have to say about the manifestations of the Spirit in our lives, Father, give us wisdom and guidance to respond to what you have given to us according to your Holy Spirit. Father, help us to be people who are gifted to give of our lives to one another. Father, we thank you for every single person in this room this morning. We thank you for coming to the gathering of believers to hear the word of God, to be uplifted in the worship of God. And Father, we ask that their hearts and their minds will be focused upon your truth and what you have to say in your spirit today. We thank you and praise you for your word. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Since we are going all nostalgic on you this morning and what God has done, I'll never forget in 2013, I was a 29-year-old pastor. That was, that was 10 years ago, ladies and gentlemen. I'll be 10 years pastoring this year. But 29-year-old pastor who had just gotten the lead pastor job. I had only preached a handful of times before becoming the lead pastor at, at a small small town called uh, Holdenville, First Baptist Church, Holdenville. I'd been on the job for just a few weeks, and I was one day walking around the sanctuary. I do that sometimes even in, in here, even to this day. And I just pray or I sit and, and reflect upon what God will do amongst his people. And I was a new pastor did I tell you that the church was built in 1927 and so it was kind of old? You talk about deferred maintenance in this building, all right? On a building that, that something was breaking almost every week, 1927, deferred maintenance. The church was in, in um, financial difficulty at the time, FBC Holdenville. The town was, was dropping in, in their numbers of people and their opportunities for work. We had a bright red carpet, a tan linoleum checkered stage. It was built, I mean, it had to be in 1980s when they built it. You looked at the walls of the church and um, you could see 
that the plaster was coming off the wall, and if you if rubbed up against it, the plaster would get on your on your shirt or your, your shoulder. You could see the outside brick, and that's how bad it was as the walls were coming down. Uh, the ceiling had stains on the ceiling because of the of the leaks in the roof, and and the the. There was the beautiful 1927 Gothic light fixtures in the ceiling, but nobody had a ladder tall enough to get up there, so the light bulbs were out in the ceiling. And we had a sound system that was installed, I think, in the 1990s, and it was the big speakers, and they were right in the middle of the aisles on the ends. And so whenever I would walk down the aisles on the ends, I'd have to duck a little bit just to get by the speakers on the ends of the aisle. And this was the church that I was walking around in, and... As I was rocking around, a man walked into the church. He, he was an older gentleman, and he had coveralls on. He succinctly, I remember him having hearing aids, coveralls, an older gentleman walked a little bit slowly, and he walked into the church, and he said, my name is Roy Ramsey. It was late. 70s when I met him that day. I didn't recognize him as I'd been in the church only a few weeks. And he said, I'm sorry, I haven't been able to attend lately. My wife just passed away right before you became the pastor a few months ago. But the Lord's placed on my heart that I want to do something in honor of her. I want to do something for you and for our church. He said, I, I want to remodel the sanctuary. And I kind of looked at him and thinking to myself, I, I guess he wants to give money to remodel it. I'm, I'm not sure. You know, I'm thinking to myself, man, he wants to give the money. I have to figure out how to do all this stuff and find people that will come to Holdenville to do this. I don't know. And I, I just said to him, what were you thinking? And he said, well, I think my crew will be here next week. I looked at him kind of funny and he said, yeah, we'll build the scaffolding 50 feet in the air to the ceiling. We'll paint the ceiling. We'll, we'll patch all the plaster on the walls. Then we'll take the pews out and we'll tear up the carpet We'll put new carpet in. We'll put the pews back. And while we're up there, we'll change those light bulbs for you. They've invented those new LED bulbs, so you won't have to change them anytime soon. I said to him, well, I, you know, I would love for you to do that, but I don't think that we have the money to do all that, Roy. He said, no, no. I'm going to do it. I'm going to pay for it. So he had a motley crew of five men. One man uh, had no leg. Uh, literally, he had one leg. So, And his men would go on to do an estimated $350,000 worth of work in the sanctuary. And then go on to remodel the children's area, 
redoing all the stained glass window coverings, Roy Ramsey would give a young pastor a great gift before he died four years later. He would give a young pastor faith that the people of God were gifted to give. No one could ever imagine the encouragement that man brought to my faith in God. It was a very unlikely friendship with a young pastor and older gentleman in coveralls. Yet I saw the very hands and feet of Christ in Roy Ramsey. And through his acts of service and kindness, it was almost as if God was giving me a sweet reminder of his steadfast love. You see, this is what we see happen when we, the people of God, exercise our spiritual gifts. You see, the body of Christ is encouraged. Your faith is strengthened because we taste, we feel, we see, we experience a manifestation of the spirit of the living God in our life through the church, through the people of God. This is what it means, church, to live for something greater than ourself. It means that instead of focusing on what spiritual gift we have, we or been given, we focus, our focus shifts to giving gifts to others. That they can experience the body of Christ and be encouraged. Let's look at the text this morning. This is given gifts to give. <clears throat> Gifted to give, excuse me. For Verse 11. For I long to see you, that I may impart to you some spiritual gift to strengthen you. This is our first point this morning. God gives spiritual gifts to his people to give to others. God gives spiritual gifts to his people to give those spiritual gifts, to exercise those spiritual gifts. As Paul would write here, to impart the spiritual gifts to other people. Paul is longing to see the church in Rome. He has not been to Rome, but they are in his prayers, verse 8, for First, I thank my God through Jesus Christ for all of you because of your faith is proclaimed in all the world. For God is my witness who I'm served with my spirit in the gospel of his son that without ceasing I mention you always in my prayers. Asking that somehow by God's will I may now at last succeed in coming to you. They're in his prayers, they're in his thoughts. He longs to see the church in Rome, the believers that have believed, that have now gone into Rome. But what does he want to do when he sees those believers? He wants to give them a gift of God's grace from the Spirit. He wants to give them a gift of grace. That's where we 
get that term spiritual gift. It literally means a gift of grace from the Spirit. Do you know that when someone declares their faith in Christ, they are given the Holy Spirit to dwell in them. We've talked about this in our series, Christ in All of Scripture, of how God was pointing us to The church now being the temple, the place in which God now dwells in and among his people. So we have this supernatural gifting of the spirit that comes now to dwell in you. God himself now dwelling in you, covering you because of your faith in Christ Jesus. The gift that God has given is the forgiveness of sins through Christ upon the cross. And then the gift is the Holy Spirit. And now these supernatural gifts of manifestations of the Spirit, we call these spiritual gifts. Let's define it for us. What is spiritual gifts? Spiritual gifts are unique supernatural abilities given to every Christian to build up the church for the glory of God. So these supernatural abilities given to every Christian to build up the church for the glory of God. And when these supernatural giftings indwelt by the Spirit in God's people come together, it produces a supernatural gathering in the Spirit, in which Spirit-indwelt people gather together as the church of the living God to be encouraged. You see, and as they gather, the people of God give gifts to one another through manifestations of the Spirit. So in essence, you, the body of Christ, show one another Christ through acts of service, exercising your gifts, being the hands and feet of Christ to one another and to a lost world. 1 Corinthians twelve four says this. We'll get this in the next few weeks, but here, here it says, Now there are a variety of gifts, but the same Spirit. And there are a variety of services, but the same Lord. And there are a variety of activities, but it is the same God who empowers them all in everyone. To each is given the manifestation of the Spirit for the common good. There is no bragging or boasting in our spiritual gifts as it is empowered by the Lord as a manifestation of God himself. So God is giving these gifts to us and we are to give these gifts to others. So Paul is hoping to impart or give a spiritual gift to the body of Christ in Rome. Look at it again. For I long to see you that I may impart to you some spiritual gift to strengthen you. 
By impart, he means give or share or distribute. Literally, Paul is coming to Rome to give gifts. These are not gifts wrapped in a box. These are spiritual gifts. These are gifts of God's grace to one another. So how does this play out in the church? Well, last week, our brother Steve gave you a gift by expositing the word of God to you and using his spiritual gift of teaching. Every time I sit next to my beautiful wife and hear her belt out in song, in the corporate gathering, she is giving me a gift. Because I am encouraged by their faith in God. How about when somebody prays over you, exercising their gift of prayer, giving that gift to someone else, How about a word of encouragement? I've often thought about this one lately. Seeing someone's faith in God through pain or suffering. We, we have actually have multiple people in our congregation today that are going through a lot of suffering. Physical suffering. And their faith in God, and when I talk to them, they are giving me a gift. Because I see their faith and their trust in God amidst their suffering. They're manifesting this supernatural gift of faith in their life, and I am a recipient of that. We're going to get to each individual gift. Don't worry. All right. As we go through this series, we're going to actually go through each gift and we'll preach on one actual characteristic or a couple. We'll group them together. But um, so don't worry. We will get there. We're not going to focus as much as a church on what you have by doing a spiritual gift assessment. We're going to focus more upon what someone needs and what God has given to us to give to them. In that moment... In that time, that supernatural ability to address the need for someone else. What does the hurting and the lonely person in your community group or even on your row this morning need? That you can strengthen their faith in God. 
Hopefully each one of you are strengthened in your faith in God by the hearing and the teaching of God's word. My brothers and sisters, spiritual gifts are not about what you have, but about what you can give. We spend a lot of time categorizing the gifts and not enough time thinking about how I can give someone a gift in response to the gift of the gospel. Verse 11 For I long to see you that I may impart to you some spiritual gift. It's not even mentioned here what the spiritual gift is that Paul will impart. Probably teaching. But what is he wanting to do? To strengthen you. That is that we may be mutually encouraged by each other's faith. Maybe it's faith here. He wants to show his faith to the body of Christ in Rome. And as a result, he is encouraged by their faith in the Lord God Almighty. Both yours and mine. All right? So the giving of spiritual gifts or the exercising of spiritual gifts produces encouragement in the body. That's our second point this morning. The giving of spiritual gifts produces encouragement in the body. So as Christians, we are givers. Why? Because Christ gave to us. This is why we are to give to one another. It's not the establishment and of God himself showing who he is by the nature of the gospel. Giving of himself for sinners to be saved. Therefore, we as Christians who are in Christ are givers of gifts. It makes sense. As God has given us the greatest gift. Christ conquered death and sin and he has distributed to us the manifestations of the spirit of the living God. Meaning we see the character and the nature of God himself through supernatural giftings of the spirit. We can't see and touch Christ but we can through his church, through his people manifesting the gifts of the spirit of the living God. Remember, we were created in the image of God. So reflecting his glory through the spirit of the living God is actually our intended purpose. And now because the spirit indwells in us, we can actually manifest the presence of God through spiritual gifts. So can someone, begs the question, can someone not indwelt by the Spirit give gifts that represent a characteristic of God to someone else? Of course, right? They're created in the image of God. But these are not spiritual gifts because they do not have the Holy Spirit. Because it is not done supernaturally through the Holy Spirit to build up the body of Christ. Right? So look at what Paul says. The reason he hopes to give someone a spiritual gift. To strengthen you. 
for I long to see you that I may impart to you some spiritual gift to strengthen you. That is, that we may be mutually encouraged by each other's faith. I'll tell you what I'm encouraged when I see the manifesting presence of God in the life of his people. I'm encouraged, and you should be too. Why? Because I see Christ in them. If we look at the life of Christ, we, all, we see all that God and his nature and his character truly is. His mercy towards the sinner. His judgment towards the haughty. His power over the demonic forces. His ability to teach the word of God. His faith in the will of the Father and trust. His heart for the nations, his words of wisdom, just to name a few characteristics of God manifested in Christ and now manifest in his people. And when this is happening, when people are given gifts to give to one another, the church is actually built up. It is encouraged. It is strengthened. Ephesians four fifteen and 16 says this, rather speaking the truth in love, we are to grow up in every way into him who is the head, into Christ, from whom the whole body joined and held together by every joint with which it is equipped when each part is working properly, making the body grow so that it builds itself up in love. Did you you catch that? When each part is working properly, the body is built up. So use your gifts for others' good and God's glory. And each person is exercising their spiritual gifts. When each person is using their abilities, when they have been equipped to do the work of the ministry supernaturally by the spirit of the living God when they are manifesting the presence of God in their life, the church, the body of Christ is built up. So if you're not using your gifts, what you have. So this morning, Amari played the violin for us. She's a student at OCU that actually plays the violin She could play the violin at OCU. Great. It's not building up the body of Christ. She played it for you this morning in praise and worship unto the Lord, the King of kings and Lord of lords. She gave you a gift. So if you aren't using your gifts fully, then Christ is not receiving all the glory he deserves in his church. So let us, this year, as a body of Christ that meets at 23rd and Drexel, begin to see our lives as a gift to be given to others and not as a revolving door of self-indulgence. I believe that with this mindset shift, we will see a work of God like we have not seen here at Northwest Baptist 
in some time. My goal as your pastor and our leader's goal is to lavish you with spiritual gifts given to me so that you are strengthened in your faith so that I can give those to you. As we see God manifested in your life through the giving of gifts to one another. There's one more thing that we should expect when God is at work among his people, supernaturally empowering people to do his work. Let's let's read what, what else Paul says here. I want you to know, brothers, that I have been often intended to come to you, but thus far have been prevented in order that I may reap some harvest among you as well as among the rest of the Gentiles. I am under obligation both to the Greeks and to the barbarians, both to the wise and to the foolish, so I may be eager to preach the gospel to you also who are in Rome. So if we take out the parentheses here that I have, I want you to know, brothers, that I have often intended to come to you in order that I may reap some harvest among you as well as among the rest of the Gentiles. So the third point this morning is thus. Giving of spiritual gifts produces a harvest unto the Lord. The giving of spiritual gifts, imparting the spiritual gifts on one another and on people who do not know Christ produces a harvest. Paul says he will reap a harvest. The harvest he will reap is associated with his coming. It is prayer. It is his prayer that he may come to Rome to impart upon the church a spiritual gift in order to encourage them and in his coming to impart a spiritual gift to encourage them, he will also reap a harvest. Church, our supernatural meetings should be to come together to encourage one another in our faith so that we too will see a harvest in the gospel. Luke 2, 10, 2 says this, And he said to them, The harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. Therefore, pray earnestly to the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into his harvest. Oh, that we may see laborers raised up in our church that give spiritual gifts to people that have ministries in which are, are, are sharing the love of Jesus with people that are sharing the manifestations of God empowered by the Spirit to people on a daily basis and they're giving these spiritual gifts so that they can experience Christ. Oh, that the gospel would become so real to people we encounter that when we open our mouth to share it, they get it. Why? Because they have already experienced Christ through our gifts. It's a new evangelism strategy. You should try it. Give a supernatural gift to someone in need. And when they're overwhelmed with gratitude, say, this doesn't compare to the gift that Christ gave to me and wants to give to you. Let me tell you about the greatest gift.
You see, church, when we align ourselves to what the Spirit already wants to do, which is manifest the presence of God to glorify Christ, that is our best evangelism strategy. Paul is sharing with the the Roman church, I'm coming to you to impart on you some spiritual gifts that you may be encouraged and that we may see a harvest in the gospel. That's what we want to see here. Beautiful hymn, I think, describes this heart. And I'm going to close with this. Alas, and did my Savior bleed, and did my sovereign die? Would he devote that sacred head for sinners such as I? Was it for crimes that I have done? He groaned upon the tree, amazing pity, grace unknown, and love beyond degree. Well, might the sun in darkness hide and shut its glories in when God, the mighty maker, died for his own creature's sin? Thus might I hide my blushing face while his dear cross appears, dissolve my heart in thankfulness and melt mine eye to tears. But drops of tears can never repay the depth of love I owe. Here, Lord, I give myself away. Tis all that I can do. At the cross, at the cross, where I first saw the light and the burden of my heart rolled away. It was there by faith I received my sight and now I am happy all the day. There are some in here today that um, are exercising their spiritual gifts, their God-given abilities and talents and using it for the kingdom in mighty, mighty ways for his gospel to go through the ends of the earth and you're impacting people in ways that we could never imagine. And there are some here this morning that are going, well, I never even knew that my, the power of God dwelt in me. And instead of trying to figure out what my spiritual gift is, maybe I need to see the needs in which God is presenting before me. And when I start to see those needs and understand what God has given to me, then I will understand what my actual spiritual gift is. And then there are others in this room who have no clue what I'm talking about in the spiritual gifting of the spirit of the living God because they have never submitted their life to the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. And understanding that faith in Christ who gave his life for you upon the cross brings me life 
And now the presence of God actually comes into my life, dwells in my heart and my mind, and I have the ability to understand not only the truths of the gospel, but the spirit of the living God now dwells in me to be Christ, his church, to others. So if you're under one of those three categories, today is a great day. It's a new year to begin to see what God is calling you to. Maybe he's calling you to continued faithfulness, to live a life of service for the kingdom of God. Maybe he's calling you to begin a life of service to the kingdom of God. Or maybe he's just calling you to himself to surrender your life to him in salvation. Either one of those three things, God is calling us all to something in this room this morning. May we respond to his call right now. So if you'll stand with us, we're going to spend some time in worship. The altar is open for prayer. And let me just say this, and we'll get into this as we go. But allow someone else to give a gift to you. So if you are actually in need, allow someone to come and pray over you. So if you want to come forward and have one of our pastors or one of our deacons or one of our leaders pray over you, we would be happy to do that. And we would love to give you a gift of prayer this morning. So let us begin and let's pray our time of reflection and invitation. Father, we thank you that you have given us your word and your understanding of your truth. We thank you that our lives, Father, are to be given back to you. And Father, we pray that we would be able to see what you have given to us and be able to be useful for your kingdom and your glory to one another and those even outside of our fellowship here. Father, we pray that our lives would um, reflect your glory, reflect the presence of of God reflect the gospel, the good news message of God. And so when people see us, Father, as the church, the people of God, they say that I understand what Christ is all about. We thank you for continuing, Father, your work here amongst your people. And we ask for you to do a mighty work in 2023 as we Explore these things together as the body of Christ. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. As our worship team plays, the altar is open. There are pastors up front that would love